Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Now people get pregnant, but something happens that day. Uh, that will always mark February 14th. And by November, some people will be expecting the seed soon. February 14th. All in the name of Valentine. And so we are going to kick off this year with uh, silent killers overcoming hearts in life and relationships. Silent killers. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. And I pray light and understanding will come in Jesus' name. I want to look at this subject of silent killers. Um, If you are used to watching war films, I know nowadays... uh, Telemundo and Z-World have taken over an African magic, have taken over the movie industry. But if you watch war movies, action films, you will realize that uh, most times when people are killed, there's a lot of noise to it. Okay? There's a lot of uh, pump action, pump action machine guns. There's a lot of noise to it. But then you also realize that when snipers are killing people, it's usually noiseless, effective, silent, and very deadly. And that's what the silent killers are. They destroy your life very calmly, effectively, silently. You will smile with everybody, but deep within your soul, you're hurting badly. So, I would want to read a story, but maybe first of all, Let's go to... Okay, let me start with the story. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 13 is one story I like teaching from every time. 2 Samuel chapter 13, especially when it comes to the subject of love. Uh, If you don't have my book, try to get it. Love, Lost and Lies. Fundamental Laws of Relationship. I did... Uh, a good work here regarding the subject of Amnon and Tamar. But I'm, I, I'm, I think I'm going to write another book now called Red Flags. Uh, because I realized that people are getting into relationships and they are seeing a crack already, but people still press on. There are red flags already. 
but they still press on. <laughs> I want to announce to you that you cannot change anybody. You are not the Holy Spirit. If a man or a woman does not decide to change, there is nothing you do that can change them. Change must be internal. Are you following this? Somebody must decide, I'm going to change. And so some of you have been in relationships, hoping the man will change, hoping the man... Now you are celebrating the 10th year anniversary of hoping that the guy is going to change. He is not going to change. If a man or a woman does not make up his mind to change, you cannot change them. That is why when you're getting into a relationship, you must decide to get into a relationship where you will do very less damage control. You cannot have a relationship where 20% of the man is whole, you are, you, are, you are doing repairs of 80%. Even a pastor might not be successful with that. Are you following what I'm saying? I said, are you following what I'm saying? So in 2 Samuel chapter 13, we find a very interesting story there. It says, now it was after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Observe the word, loved her. Amnon was so frustrated because of his sister Tamar and he made himself ill. Is the frustration of love. For she was a virgin. So it's possible to be beautiful and still be a virgin. And it seemed hard to Amnon to do anything to her. The man made himself sick. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very shrewd man. He was a cunning man. Cunning. He was a crafty man. And I, as I'm teaching, I'll be dropping a couple of hints regarding relationship. If you are getting married, or, well, I'm assuming that whatever relationship you are in is leading to marriage. Anybody you're getting married to, watch their friends very carefully. They are, they are, Almost like their friends. If their friends have a particular trait, the tendency is either they will have that trait or there will be people who endorse that trait. Are you following this? Are you following? Okay. Say yes. Are you following? That's better. So you, you have to watch. You, 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 when, you get, when you're getting hooked up with someone, you're getting hooked up with their network. So you've got to watch their network. And that's very important. Because if I belong to a network or my, 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 my friends, I believe that a woman, you know, have certain perception concerning females, what's going to happen is if there's an issue in that relationship and you report to their friend, they are going to say the same thing that the, the, the man has been saying to you because they believe the same way. So it's very important to watch the network of people you're getting into a relationship with. But let's move on. So he said to him, O son of the king, why are you so depressed morning after morning? So you see what this love was causing this guy to be. The love was, his supposed love was bringing him uh, daily depression. 
Will you not tell me? Then Amnon said to him, I'm in love with Tamar, the sister of my brother Absalom. You know, this word, I'm in love, is thrown around a lot these days. It doesn't make any meaning anymore. That's why you find that uh, a man can say he loved three girls. He is confused as to which one he truly loves. He doesn't like anyone. You see, you cannot... You, <laughs> you cannot... We throw the word around because it's a very common word. But we do not understand the commitment that comes with it. Because our definition of love in this part of the world, mostly, is... You have somebody you are snapping pictures with, somebody you can kiss for free, somebody you can rub their breast for free, you can uh, have sex with them for almost nothing, and then they can come to your house, you can go to their house, you, you, they wash you, 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 they are washing, you are drying, they, they, they are drying, you are ironing, you know, all of that waste of time. And then you say we are in a relationship. You must understand something that if relationship is not purpose driven, it will be lust driven. Are you following this? There must be a purpose to that relationship. Why are we together? What's the essence? And I want to really appeal to you ladies. Don't give yourself to people without a timeline. We are, I want to get into a relationship with you so that we see how things goes. How are they going to goes? What nonsense is that? When are we getting married? What's the plan? You cannot put your life on a hold and somebody's observing you like an experiment. It's one year, it's two years, it's three years. Don't you have something else to do with your life? Don't you have a goal? Don't you have a purpose? Praise God. Don't leave like you're just waiting for a man to come and take you. Leave like you're going somewhere. Are you following what I'm saying? In fact, that's what I'm currently working with one of my daughters that I'm mentoring right now. You have to be, you have to know yourself, have your self-worth, know what you're doing in life. So when a man comes, the questions are less. You're not getting into a relationship because you need house rent. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because some of you have collected rents. And you can't say no anymore. And that's a problem. Collected phone. And so you do, because you, they bought phone for you, the price of the phone you are paying is sending your naked pictures. Let me tell you this. You must never do that. You must never, never, ever do that. Are you following this? This is a word of knowledge for someone. You don't have to do that. The guy is interested in saying naked bodies, show him where the uh, compound bathroom is. He can stand by the door and inspect people going in and coming out. Put some value on your body. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Put some value on yourself. You are worth something. And so he said that. Let's read on now. 
Jonadab then said to him, Lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. <laughs> Look at advice. When your father comes to see you, say to him, Please let my sister come and give me some food to eat. Let him prepare the food in my sight that I may see it and eat from her hand. Because the plates in the house finished. So when you I'm going somewhere because I want to t- teach you how hot come into your life, especially in relationship. When you begin to observe from some very unusual requests, you have to be careful now. Because here it is. This guy wants to eat. What's the normal thing? Cook food and bring. He says, no, come and prepare the food. Let, if you read my book, I, t- uh, I said it there. It was not the food he wanted to see. He just wanted to be looking at her while she's cooking. Because what, what, what happens is there's so much attraction to your body that that's all it is worth to the person you're in relationship with. And you have to be careful of that. And I say this all the time. I married very early. I married at the age of 24. And um, first son is 11 years. So I've been married about 12 years there about. So I'm not a novice when it comes to subject of relationship. And I wasn't forced to marry. And somebody say, were you not too young? I wasn't. Because as of 24, I already had a very detailed plan of how my life was going. In fact, that's why I got married. Is it but if you get married in life because of just the body of the person, by the time you give birth to one child, two kids, three kids, depending on how many number of children you have decided to produce on the earth, in, in accordance to Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, you want to be fruitful and have dominion, your body structure is going to change. Especially for the woman. And that is why you see old women struggling to keep their body together right now because everything the world defines as beauty has to do with an individual's body. And you must be careful not to define your life just by your body. That's very important. As we are here, you will see girls that are finer than you. Girls that are shorter than you. Girls that are bigger than you. It will exist. So if you are following a man who is always captivated by optics, by what he sees, he will still jam somebody who has whatever he's looking for in a bigger size. Or smaller size. Depending on whatever size he wants. Or medium. So, you, you, you need to have these conversations. The, the, you need to talk about these things. Because this plan was harsh. Now, let's, go, let's read quickly now. So, Ammon laid down and pretended to be in verse 6. When the king came to see him, Ammon said to the king, please, my sister, please let my sister Tamar come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat from my hand. Then David sent to the house for Tamar saying, go now to your brother's Ammon's house and prepare food for him. So Tamar went to her brother's Ammon's house and he was lying down and she took the dough, kneaded it, made cakes in his sight and baked the cakes. You know, 
all these cooking, cooking things you do. Somebody is not married to you yet, say in a relationship, sends you to market, you buy stuff in the market, you are cooking, he's still shouting on you, you are apologizing, and you're not married. Are you normal? Say, I'm, I'm testing you, I'm, I'm testing you if you are wife material. How do I test you if you are husband material? You see, why do we raise a world where men are so mean to women? Imagine if you're in a relationship and you tell the boy, I'm testing you if you're a husband material. What do you think is going to happen? Come on, what do you think is going to happen? And we men, we, we, and we, we raise a world where we almost make women a second class citizen. And that's not what the scripture teaches us. That's not what the scripture teaches us. And you, you are just, you are, you are, you are, you are proving your, 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 your wife material worth. Cleaning, you are cleaning, cleaning and, 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 and whistling songs there. Wasting your life and your time away. <laughs> you are cleaning, cleaning, cleaning ferociously. After two years, say, I've observed you. You are okay, but you now start begging. And you know the reason some of you beg? It's not because you really want to stay in that relationship. You've wasted time. That's why you're begging. After three years, where will I go? What will I do? Get out. Don't waste your time. When I wanted to get married to my wife, I told her, can we have this relationship for two years? She said, I don't have two years. If you can't marry on that one year, let's forget it. I have to adjust my date. That's somebody who knows what she wants. Some of you have had an uh, 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 engagement ring when, when you were uh, a tiny. Now the engagement ring can't leave your hand because you've grown fatter and you've not changed it. So it's almost like, 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 like uh, a cultic ring because then it's just there. It can't come out. So the new guy has to put on top of the old one. <laughs> you want to get married, go to the shopping mall. Be kneeling down. Can you marry me? Oh, man. Let's read. Do you realize that there are greater things in life? Do you realize that beyond this world, beyond this nation, beyond this continent, there are problems in the human race that God is trusting us to solve? Do you realize that there are greater potentials on your inside? And you cannot throw all that away because you're not careful to make the right choices. Stretch higher in life. There are bigger worlds outside of here. Praise God. You know, I, I told you I've been married. I married my wife quite early. The one thing that keeps our marriage strong is because it's built on purpose. I was preaching in Podarco this morning, now I'm preaching here. That's, that's the one thing. Uh, assignment in the kingdom. That's what keeps us going. So I'm studying, she's studying, I'm reading, getting myself ready. We're all getting ourselves ready for that assignment. Because after you're married for a while, you are going to get tired of sex. You cannot be having sex every day. 
time you're thinking of children's school fees, you have to travel, stuff needs to be done. And, you know, don't build your relationship on just pleasure. Build it on purpose. Because relationships that are built on pleasure has the tendency to always generate hearts. That's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. Now look at it. It says, verse what are we? Verse what? Eight. So Tamar went to her brother Ammon's house. He was lying down. She took the dough, kneaded it, made cakes in his side, baked the cakes. So she took the pan and dished them out before him. But he refused to eat. And Ammon said, have everyone go out from me. So everyone went out from him. Then Ammon said to Tamar, bring the food into the bedroom that I may eat from your hand. <laughs> so Tamar took the cake which she had made and brought them into the bedroom to her brother Ammon. And I used to say this. I used this to say this. Your innocence does not mean that the other person is innocent. You know, she did it innocently. And that's why you have to be on guard. Don't assume other people's innocence. Clarify. Clarify. Ask questions. Why bedroom? Why eating from my hand? What happened to plates? Ask questions. Don't just go naive and just throw yourself out there. Because this, this is the genesis of heart in relationship. When people have just opened their life, thrown their life, and things start going whatever way, they, and then bam, heart start coming. Then they carry that heart from one relationship to another. Let's read that. When she brought them to him to eat, he took hold of her and said to her, Come lie with me, my sister. But she answered him, No, my brother, do not violate me, for such a thing is not done in Israel. Do not do that disgraceful thing. As for me, where could I get rid of my reproach? And as for you, you will be like one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. And this is what was interesting. The interesting thing is, this guy could have gone lawfully to ask for her. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you here or you're going home? You're here. Say amen if you're here. It's the same thing. This young man wants to sleep with you. It's easy. Sleeping with you is not the problem. If he pays the bride price, he can sleep with you 24 hours, 362 days. But no, he will not go through that route. So you realize this. The man didn't want to go through that route. Look at this. However, he would not listen to her. Since he was stronger than she, he violated her and lay with her. And in my book, I talked about this. A man can be stronger than you in many ways. You can get into a relationship where a man is stronger than you financially. And so he uses that financial strength to abuse you. Because makes you do the things you don't want to do because immediately you say you don't want say uh, remember your monthly allowance so you still want them. You say okay it's okay it's okay it's okay that's 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 a form of abuse. Some are just words. This guy constantly talks down on you, and sometimes we don't think these things to be something else, something. But gradually these are the things that build hearts and abuse in our soul you this guy constantly talks to you as if you're nothing and you're still stuck in that relationship and these are things that kills you silently 
Never go out with someone who would not hold you in high esteem. Are you following what I'm saying? One of the things I consciously do to my daughters, I tell them, you're beautiful, you're intelligent, you're awesome. They hear it constantly. You're, you're looking great. Before somebody will come and say, you're, you're, you're looking like what you don't know. Hear the truth. Hear the truth. Hear the truth. Speak the truth. Hear the truth. It's not just that you want to uh, psych them up. No. Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. And in this case, I'm the beholder. Praise God. I said, praise God. All kinds of strength, especially to the women folk, all kinds of strength. It can also be reversed. Financial strength, emotional strength. Words. Then he says, verse 15, Then Ammon hated her with a very great hatred. For the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Ammon said to her, Get up, go away. Now, in just 15 verses, he has moved from love to hatred. Just 15 verses. This whole incident was in one day as it were. What happened? In the first place, that wasn't love. What he wanted was just sex. And, where in, and that's why you realize that uh, if you have someone pursuing you, pursuing you, pursuing you, pursuing you, pursuing you, by the time you finally accept and finally the person has sex with you, the, the intensity of the pursuit will begin to reduce. And that's why I discovered for some of you, the relationships you are, you, are, you actually do not have much uh, value. You are the one talking value into yourself. I know he likes me. I know he likes me. He used my picture as screensaver. He used my picture as screensaver. Your whole life, as you are now, that you are screensaver is what is making you happy. That's your whole... You are excited that somebody put your picture as screensaver. Even we, say, we even use pictures of people that we don't know that the phone just put as screensaver. Your life should... Uh, you, 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 you realize sometimes how, as young people, when we get into a relationship, we almost are selling out for... A muscle of bread. You know what I'm trying to tell you tonight? There's more to your life. You are worth something. There's a purpose to your life. God has an assignment for you. And if any man or a woman is coming into your life, it should be a man or a woman who is coming to say, come on, you know what? There's this assignment and we can do it together. There's so much problem in this world that God has called us to solve. So much problem. You know, sometimes I think of the problem of this world, I'll just go and sleep. Like, where do we even start to solve the problem from? We just finished dealing with Ebola now. There's another virus. <laughs> and Nigeria has a way of getting just one person who shows up with it. Not many, just one. <laughs> you know, Nigeria is a, is a funny country. We'll be dealing with some issues and then, oh, God bless this nation. You know, sometimes when I travel out, and I'm coming back. You know, immediately you hear the pilot announce that you're getting close to Lagos. Your heart will just keep like, ah. <laughs> because it's almost like you're landing in a chaos. Sometimes from the airport to the hotel, which ought to be maybe like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you're in like 40, 45 minutes, one hour Lagos traffic. And everybody just thinks it's normal. You even hear people say, ah, how long have you been there before? I say, there's no traffic today. 
Hey guys. Okay, let's read. Then she, verse 16. But she said to him, No, because this wrong in sending me away is greater than the order that you have done to me, yet he would not listen to her. Verse 17. Then he called his young men who attended to him and said, Now throw this woman out of my presence and lock the door behind her. Can you see? She re- he referred to her as woman. He says, Throw this woman out of my house. Do you refer to her as sweetheart anymore? Do you refer to her as sugar pie anymore? Do you refer to her as meat pie anymore? Do you refer to her as fish pie anymore? Said this woman. Now, why did I read this story? Because you realize that because this has happened to this lady, this is obviously going to build hurts in her life. Are you following what I'm saying? This experience is not going to leave her soul. And so sometimes, the reason I read this story is that sometimes we actually innocently get into relationships, boys or girls. We actually innocently get into relationships or get into situations where we think the person loves us, the person wants to protect us, the person is looking after us, and they end up hurting us because they're looking for something else. So that's what happened to her right here. But you realize that, again, when this had happened, he called her woman. And drove her out. And when I, no matter how you look at it, this is going to build very deep hearts in the life of this young lady. And if she doesn't deal with it, what's going to happen is that She's going to carry these hearts all her life. And that's why you discover that for some of us as young people, we have gotten into relationships and we let those relationships with hearts. You see that after she has done whatever she wanted to do, the one thing she referred to the woman, is to, 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 to her, is throw this woman out of my presence. Throw this woman out of my presence. He didn't call her sweetheart again. He didn't call her love. He said, throw this woman out of my presence. There is no way uh, Arnold could have done this and it will not breed hot in that. So sometimes we innocently get into relationships and when we are leaving those relationships, we live with hearts. And listen, we've got to deal with those hearts. And that is why I advise every body, when you are ending a relationship, learn to end it peacefully. Well, maybe you cannot end it peacefully, but end it intelligently. You, you, you were running after a lady in relationship, pursuing her everywhere, meeting her in every joint, joining every bus. You, you, you wanted to go this way, her bus was going this way, you crossed the road, joined her bus, did all the gymnastic you can't do to get this lady. And now you are quitting the relationship, you just send her one word text. I think we are not compatible. Goodbye forever. Thank you. That's insanity. You must be able to sit with anybody you're partnering relationships with and say, listen, this is one, two, three reasons why I don't think this relationship will work. This is why I think this will work. This is why I want to go out. And don't leave relationships. You know, some of us leave relationships and we become enemies. Right? Some of 
Some relationships were, 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 were ended with broken bottles and slammed doors. Get out, idiot, fool, bona, goats, cow, camel, bish, bish. You know what happens? You will live with hearts. There will be hearts. And if you're not properly healed, what's going to happen is those hearts will silently be in your soul. And if you're not careful, when you get into the next relationship, you're going to carry these hearts there. And so when the next person is dealing with you, you're already measuring him with like six men in your head. That is how John started. <laughs> Say, no, 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 it's not John, it's James. Ah, yes, it's James, it's James. <laughs> and so what happens is, as you get into that relationship, right, you are just defensive. You know, like there's this, is it porcupine now? This animal that wants to touch it, it just brings out all those things like, that's how you are. So before you realize, somebody says, no, 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 that's how in my first relationship, the man just has to come and cook. And then you are, are like, what you are saying is not, but it, you're speaking from, James calls it bitter and sweet water flowing from the same stream. Yeah? That's what James calls it. James chapter 3 verse 1. It says, bitter and sweet water cannot flow from the same stream. So you must allow the living water to flow from your inside. And that is why the one word of advice I'll give people when you end a relationship, take time to be healed. Some of you are so used to relationships that it's almost like an addiction. You broke a relationship on Monday. By Friday, you have changed status. Mockers thought they will not take me. I am taking. And you're just playing with your life. You are not properly healed. You don't know the mistake of the last relationship. You, you now almost enter a relationship to show the other person that you are not useless. No, you're just deepening your wounds. Some of you need to take a break from relationships and find yourself because you don't even know who you are. So you meet this man. This man says, this is how I want you to look. You start looking like this. You meet this other man. This man says, I say, I want to look. See, by the time you have met like six people in your relationship, you don't even know your original look because you've changed to this one and this one and that one. You see, as a lady, you sh- there, there are certain things you should be able to say, sorry, this is me. Praise God. I don't have anything against uh, makeup, right? My wife doesn't use makeup. That's one of the reasons I married her. Why? Because it's expensive. I don't have the money. It makes life easy. We just take a bath, pin, we are on the road. Powder is cheap. All kinds of powder. There's 100 naira powder. You know, but you realize that you might meet someone and the person says, I like women with makeup. I'm just saying, nothing wrong or right. And then you start making up. And you are not the makeup kind of person, right? Then, after two years, that relationship is not working again. Now you have been introduced to makeup. You now have to sustain the makeup habit. Now you, are make, you used to make up for him. Now you are making up for nobody because now, do you understand what I'm saying? Then you now meet another person. Listen, if, you, if, if this is who you are, stay there. There is somebody who would like you for just who you are. Stop changing here and there to fit people. Always tweaking yourself, tweaking yourself, tweaking. That's why I advise ladies, find yourself first. 
So when a man comes, you know if this man will fit. Some men are not to be prayed over. Just cast them out. They'll change your whole DNA, change your... You understand what I'm saying? Change everything you're doing. Change even your purpose. And how does this breed hot? Especially if those relationships do not work out, you would the, 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 the time you spent in those relationships, you will count it as wasted years. And that becomes the seed of heart. So you have to deal with it. So James chapter 3 verse 1 says, Bitter and sweet water cannot flow from the same stream. Go to Hebrews 12 15. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15. And if you are carrying hot all around, you will not be properly healed. So you need to be healed first before you now get into another relationship and trust the Spirit of God to help you. And as a man, try your best not to hurt people. Of course, it can be vice versa. I'm just using men and women. 12.15, Hebrews 12.15 See to it. Look at verse 14. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see God. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. That no root of bitterness springing up curses trouble. And by it many be defiled. Put up the message translation for me. The root of bitterness. Because when hearts are in your life over a long time, they develop the root of what? Of bitterness. He says, look at this. Make sure no one gets left out of God's generosity. Generosity. Keep a sharp eye out for weeds of bitter discontent. A thistle or two to seed can ruin a whole garden in no time. Go back to the New American Standard Bible. You realize that that seed of bitterness, if care is not taken, it will ruin your life. Psalm 23 verse 3, the Bible talks about restoring your soul. That your soul needs to be fully restored. Are you following what I'm saying? Your soul needs to be healed. Restored. Refreshed. Re-energized. Heartbreaks are not easy to handle. They are tough. Especially if you like the person. And you know the way relationship is. You cannot force somebody else to be in a relationship when the person does not want to. Do, do, do you get what I'm saying? Like, you cannot say, okay, I know you don't want to, but I'm inside no, you can't. <laughs> Do you get the point? So, it's almost something that you don't have absolute control over. You have a bit of control. You don't have absolute control over. And however it is handled, and I realize that in life many times, what breeds heart in the life of single people is the relationships that they have been in. Praise God. I said praise God. Okay, so how do we overcome this heart? Number one, acknowledge that there is hot. You see, you cannot overcome what you do not acknowledge. Acknowledge it. That I am hot by this experience, the root of bitterness or discontent or anger is in me. Acknowledge it. The first step is to acknowledge. You see, if you go to the doctor and the doctor wants to treat you and you say, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. The doctor can't treat you. Am I right? Come on, am I right? 
Am I right? You have to first of all acknowledge that you're sick. Before, so acknowledge that this thing is hurting me. I am hurt. Recognize it. Don't shy away from it. Don't pretend. Don't laugh it away. Don't just say, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> hey, I'm okay. Don't do that. Don't do that. You're not healed yet. Don't, don't try to be strong. If you need to spend some days crying, just cry. Acknowledge that this experience is hurting. Don't suppress it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Especially for some guys. You know, I know some of you pretend like you don't cry when some of the girls leave you. I know you do. Cry. Cry in your room. Don't try to be a man and suppress it. You must you must acknowledge it and deal with it. Because if you don't deal with it, it becomes a seed of bitterness that has the capacity to ruin your soul. So you acknowledge it. Okay? Then number two, overcome your regrets. Overcome your regrets. Holding on to regret from your past will only lead to more regret unless you break the unheavy circle by releasing your regrets to God. Realize that it is pointless to dwell on your regrets since you cannot go back and change the past. All you can do is to move forward. So, after you have acknowledged that that heart is there, the second thing you need to do is to overcome that regret. It might, you know, that heart would have come into your life either by your mistake, acknowledge it and overcome it. It's happened, it has happened, it has happened. It is done, it is done. I don't know if you follow what I'm saying. Don't try to shift blames. Go past it. That's an experience in your life. It's over. Walk away from it. Don't constantly refer to it. Deal with it once and for all and put it under the blood of Jesus. Don't constantly bring it to mind. Some of you are that way, you know, you, you got into a relationship and things didn't work out well and you got into this new relationship and you start harassing this new person with the old person. Any little discussion. You know, in my former relationship, I had to warn him. I had to, listen, listen. Can you just keep quiet and focus on what is in front of you? I don't want to repeat the past. You have just repeated it. Are you following what I'm saying? Oh, bring this stuff out and deal with it and let it go. Because whatever you talk about grows. Whatever you talk about grows. So overcome that regret. Number Three, leave shame behind. Silence the voice of shame in your life so it won't block the healing that God wants to give to you. Because with hearts comes shame. With all kinds of abuse comes shame. If you've been sexually abused, you've been sexually taken advantage of, you've been molested before, there is a shame that comes with it. You must openly admit that shame and allow the Holy Ghost to deal with that. And not constantly feel ashamed for something that happened in the past and carrying it into the future. 
So you learn to deal with the same. Confess whatever the fault is to God and receive His forgiveness. So you realize that maybe this might not be a fault of my own or maybe I didn't do something right. What do you do? You open your mouth and you confess to God. Praise God. You confess to God. And the Bible says if we confess our sins, He is what? Faithful and just to forgive us and to do what? Cleans us from how many unrighteousness? All unrighteousness. So when you are... Uh, when you uh, when you confess your sins or confess that heart before the Lord, you receive His forgiveness, and it's important that after you have received the forgiveness of God, you learn to forgive yourself. Because many people receive the forgiveness of God and they do not forgive themselves. So when you have received the forgiveness of God, what happens? What happens? Come and talk to me now. You forgive yourself. Praise God. Okay, now move on to discover the true meaning of God's will for your life. If you're dealing with any kind of abuse and any kind of hurt, after you have confessed, you've left the shame behind, you've overcome your regrets, you've been able to uh, 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 deal with it, admit it, what you do next is to discover the true meaning of God's will for your life. You can free yourself from the burden of worrying about aligning your decision with God's will when you realize that knowing God's will is simple. Follow what God is telling you to do today. Begin to pour your life into your purpose. If you, if you live without your purpose, what's going to happen is that you will constantly be thinking of the past. Pour your life into something. Praise God. I didn't say pour your life into someone. Pour your life into what? Something. Pour your life into a project. Pour your life into what? A mission. Because what happens is, most of us, when we have hearts in relationship, we immediately take both those baggages of the past relationship, unhealed hearts, and then we look for somebody to pour our life into. So that's very, very, very important. That you find out God's will for your life and you begin to pursue the will of God for your life. And then be grateful. Choose to be grateful for all the good gifts that God constantly puts in your life. The more gratitude you have, the less you will, you will, you will deal with those hearts. Now, this is the way I put it, right? Somebody might have broken your heart. Somebody might have caught a relationship that you're in. Somebody who wanted you, whatever, 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 whatever might have happened. Be grateful to God. First of all, thank God I'm alive. Look for something to be grateful for. The end of a relationship is not the end of the world. There are 7 billion people in this world. There are still some good people left. Are you following what I'm saying? Maybe because of the way God has designed me. I didn't have all those lingering... uh, you know, you linger, linger, oh, this guy, that guy, oh, oh. <laughs> I've explained God's will in relationship to you. I don't know if I've explained it here. And I told you, there's no one person in this world who is the perfect will of God for your life. There's no one person. Have I explained it to you in this meeting? Yeah. There's no one person who is the perfect will of God for your life. There are people who will suit whatever God has called you to do. So, in collaboration with God, you choose the one who will suit what God has called you to do. Because that theory is not logical. Because if there is one perfect will of God for my life, how many of you have heard me make that explanation? Yeah, okay. 
If there's one perfect will of God for everybody's life, it means that if he chooses wrongly, nobody will ever get it right. Am I right? Yeah, because if... Okay. Uh, give me three, three boys and three girls. Come, let me explain it. Because I haven't explained it to a lot of people. Decide to come fine. Decide not to come. I already know it. I'm not, I'm not the one who needs knowledge. So are you coming or not? Three boys and three girls. If people don't want to come, let me continue. Okay. Come, come up now. You say you should not stand on the holy ground. Come up. Okay, so let's... Three girls. Okay. So this is an example. This is not prophecy. Please. <laughs> This is an example. So let's say, uh, come, come this way. No, the girls come this way. So let's say, you know, people say there's one perfect will of God for your life. It's not true. So let's say this is, I'm God. And these are guys who want to get married. So let's say this, God says, assumption, that this is, this is example. That this is God's perfect will for his life, right? That's God's ordination, right? But this guy likes bigger ladies, <laughs> like cinema, right? Then the man refused to marry this one. He now came to marry cinema, example. <laughs> Do you realize that it means those two people can never get it right? Why? Because the fact that he has missed his perfect will means that these two people might never get it right. And God will never put your destiny in the hands of another person's foolish mistake. So it doesn't hold true that there is one perfect will of God for your life. It's not correct. In fact, population of women in the world, I think, are more than men. So it does not tally. There are seven women to one man. <laughs> I don't know. I heard seven to one. I don't know if it's true. Okay. So what is... Okay, you guys can go. You don't have wives. No, sir. <laughs> come, come. You can stay here. I'm not done. It's those men. They don't have... Blessed are thou among women. Come, come and stay here. But what works? This is what works. God has called this man to be a businessman. I don't want to say a pastor. God has called him to be, be a businessman. That is his purpose. God has equipped him to be a businessman. This lady likes businessmen but he does not like a businessman who travels a lot right this one cannot marry a businessman he likes cuddling no not cuddling now he likes <laughs> is it a word of knowledge no alright so she does not like too much risk if you have 1000 she just prefer that 1000 Let, let's not just touch it let's leave it then this one, she's a business person. She even goes to her basin. <laughs> so she understands the risk of business. She understands the travel demands. Now, three of them like business people. This one is called into business. Who do you think will suit him more in fulfilling that purpose? Exactly. So that's what happens. What happens is God gives you a purpose, then he brings shades your way. And say, based on what I've called you to do, pick one that can help you. Then she herself also, based on her purpose, will now know. So that is why relationship discussions must be purpose-driven. Because if she, if 
if because say okay, that's why I mean I don't have a problem, but sometimes all these physical statistics will go after will derail us. Gina says no, he, he's slim women, he's slim even when he was in dream, he always he's slim person, slim person. What's gonna happen is this lady likes business people. She he will go for her, but she does not like risk or she doesn't like somebody who travels a lot. This is what will not happen. Your business might not require you to travel. The traveling will now become a problem. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? They enjoy the business together, but he wants him to stay at home. Don't travel. Now, that is where the crack will now come. And that's why sometimes you see that when people say, well, I prayed and God showed me the man. He showed me. But I don't know where Satan is entering. No, it's not Satan. You didn't ask questions well. Because in the fulfillment of purpose, there is the price. Are we together? Alright, thank you guys. So, that's, that's essentially the thing about the will of God. So, how do we say we can overcome hot? Acknowledge that those hearts are there. Don't bury them. Number two, overcome your regret. You made a mistake, somebody took advantage of you, somebody abused you, overcome it. It's in the past. Deal with it, confess it, allow the blood of Jesus to cleanse you from it. Leave the shame behind. That one incident does not determine the totality of your life. Are you following what I'm saying? It does not sum your life up. Then, discern the true meaning of God's will for your life. Be grateful. Then, number, number, I don't know whatever number it is. Overcome fear. You must move past the fear of the unknown into a hopeful future when you ask the Holy Spirit to renew your mind each day. So, learn to overcome fear. Now, this is very important. In the subject of overcoming hearts, we must deal with forgiveness. We cannot overcome hurt if we do not forgive those who hurt us. That's where the big issue is. First of all, you receive the love of God. And you allow that love of God to be shared abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost according to the scriptures. Now, forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness of an offense. Sometimes when we tell people you have to forgive, they say, ah, after all he has done. No, we're not saying that what he has done is small. Forgiveness does not minimize someone has sexually abused you, someone has verbally abused you, someone took advantage of you. It does not reduce the gravity of what that person has done, but it puts you in a position to be healed of that hurt. So forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness of an offense. Okay? Now, forgiveness is not an instant restoration of trust. Forgiveness and trust are two different things. So, you cannot say you are forgiving someone who hurt you and then the next day you are showing up in their house. No, 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 no. Forgiveness and trust are two different things. To forgive is to let them go of whatever they've done to you or whatever abuse they've had to you, but they need to now earn trust. It's just like Amnon and Tamar's story we read. And then Tamar comes and says, Oh, I've forgiven you. God spoke to me, I've forgiven you. Then the next day, you're showing up in the bedroom to cook again. No. The next time when he says, Come and cook for me, you cook and carry the food to the center of the road and tell him, The food is there. Go and take it. 
You say, I'm not like before. You say, even me, I'm not like before. Go and eat from there. All of us are not like before until you have to build trust. Because the challenge with some of us is that we equate forgiveness with trust. And there are two different things. People have to earn that what? Trust. And that's the challenge. You go to your boyfriend's house or your fiancé's house or your Francis' house or your beau or your bae or your whatever name you choose to call yourselves. And then he kisses you and sleeps with you the next day. The, the same day. I know it will not happen again. The next day he kisses you and sleeps with you. He has to earn trust. He has to earn trust. And that trust cannot be earned on your own experiment. He said, oh, yeah, come. No, try it. It's not going to happen. No. You can try it with a cat or a dog, but I'm not showing up. You see, in relationships, you need to be firm. Tell your neighbor, you need to be firm. Don't, you see, re, see, I, I, I don't know how to put it. When somebody wants to go out with you and you're building a relationship, you are not the inferior person in that relationship. It's not that everything the man says is correct. The man can be wrong. And some of you are in a relationship that you can't have a healthy conversation. Immediately you want to say, hey, hey, you say, you say, yeah, it's correct, it's correct, it's correct. Or you just go with very naughty, this thing. You will call and you will not pick. Ah, if I, you know, ah. <laughs> One of the girls I wanted to marry before, I called her. We're, we're, we're talking. I called her. I was, I think I was in your service then. She now called me like, I want to, what did she say? She said, I want to talk to you. I said, no, it's talk with, not talk to. He said, I, I mean what I'm saying. I want to talk to you. He can't talk to me. Is it like if you, the number goes, you talk to the person? No, you are talking with me. You are not talking to me. You are not my mother. He said, no, I know what I'm saying. I want to talk to you. I said, Maxwell Ogaga, you will never talk to. That's it. And that's why it is very foolish to propose when you have not had discussion. Before you even see somebody, you will be the mother of my children. You will carry my grandchildren. You will you stop, those, stop those childish things. You don't even know somebody. He wants to be mother of children. Is it poetry, poetry, poetry uh, 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 case you are running here? <laughs> you don't even know who wants to give birth to your children. You are just looking for an incubator. Another lady I was talking with. And they were talking one day. And every discussion we were having, she was just talking about how her cousin, we don't like this. Her, you could sense so much of her family in, in, you know, like almost external family control. Of course, this is what I'm telling you about. I didn't tell them I wanted to marry them. This was the law of observation. If you want to marry somebody, the first thing is the law of observation. You observe. You observe speech. You observe. And forget all this. Let's go out. No, you observe in, not in a controlled environment. Just talk. They will talk their mind. When people know you don't have interest in them, they will say what they shouldn't say. <laughs> I, I employed someone the other day. And I, after the employment, I told the person, this was the period I interviewed you. The person was shocked. 
Because immediately you call the person and say, come, want to interview you for this job. The person will be well behaved. The, the, the person's madness will not come out. Will dress well, talk well. Do you like, ah, I like it. Do you, if, if anything happens in the office, how will you deal with it? I will not talk anything. You will, not, you will never get the best of the person. So I just called the person and just talked and just talked and just talked and asked very important questions. That's how I do my interview. Even when I want to get, when, we want, when I wanted to get married to my wife, we just talked. There was no interest. There was no... Myself and my wife, I think our relationship was one year. We talked for like a year. But there was no interest. Just a normal question. Oh, okay, what do you think? I'm just stuck. Some of you from day one, you don't even have any meaningful discussion again. Love has seized your sense. What did you eat? Eba. Hey, Eba Negusi. Yes. <laughs> ah, you didn't keep for me. Oh, I kept for you. Hey, thank you, my love. Yeah, are you, are you, are you, are you, are you, are you, what's wrong with you? I miss you. I miss you. I miss you too. I miss you too. Bye. Bye. Come, go. Yeah, two adults that God is trusting to do something with their life. Two mature people. I have not heard your voice today. Hey, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They are just sending emojis left, right, and center. Two adults. You know, angels in heaven will just be like, God. What? <laughs> What substance did you use in creating this one? And you realize that there is no meaningful discussion. How do I know? I sit with people in premarital classes and I ask them simple questions. Have you discussed how your finances are going to be run? He said, I just trust that. Trust who? No idea. You know, before I got married to my wife, I had 30 things written down that we're going to talk about. How we give I love being generous. So we, we talked about it from day one. I'm going to give. I am a giver. What's your giving limit? Let me know. Yeah. So we had that discussion. Giving limits. Okay. What are the things in the house that I cannot give without your permission? What are the things... You know, we had those discussions. It's not all about, I miss you. I, if we two of you not stay in the same house one day, you just realize that at the end of the day, you have taken the main thing that should build your relationship has been thrown out and it's just filled with emotions because that's what they show you in films. There are people running around coconut tree and catching each other's waist and drinking water from coconuts. By the time you people live there, you go to the real life. And if you are wise, what happens in the real life will be the subject of your discussion. Relationship is, listen, relationship is 20% emotions and 80% intelligence and logic. You sit down, you carry that, you carry paper, you sit down, write. What will this, how will this be? (laughs) Praise God. I was was telling one of my daughters the other day, my, my son between both of them is uh, about four years. And it was intentional. In fact, I wanted to have only one child. That was my... I didn't come to this world to give birth to children. It's not part of my primary purpose. People have different views, but that's my own view. And uh, my wife said two. So we had my son. 
And then we just discovered that, well, we kind of agreed like one. She was like, okay, one, but max two. So we kind of agreed like one. We're fine with the one. But we discovered that he was always lonely when he comes home and everything. So we said, okay, fine. And then we decided to space them in such a way that they had that four years between them. So it's very intentional. So that, I mean, what we had in mind was when my son was going to the university, we always have my daughter at home. We just wanted to have someone at home. You have to be very logical about those things. So what happens is that, listen, and I'm just going to go somewhere and I'll come back here. What happens is that when you understand as a man that this is the way we have to do even when you have sexual urges when she is in her fertile period, you will know that this urge will destroy this plan that we have had, so you hold it. You will not now come and say, hey, it's a mistake. Hey, it's a mistake. Before you know, the whole house will be full. It's not that the original master plan has been destroyed. Because sometimes discipline does not only come from the woman. Discipline comes from the man to stay with the tents. You see, with the help of God, life can be systemic. Are you following what I'm saying? So, forgiveness does not minimize the source of an offense. Forgiveness is not an instant restoration of trust. What? <laughs> so, let's say a woman has a husband who is alcoholic and, and is abusive. Every night he comes in and beats her. She comes and all of that. Even if the woman has forgiven him, he has to earn his trust back. Let me tell you this. If a man, if a guy slaps you and he says it's a mistake... Make sure that going forward, when both of you are discussing, the meter between you and him is such that when he stretches his hands, he doesn't get to you. Let him undo that mistake before you go and put your face in his lap. If not, you will take a second slap. Every slap is thought of before it's released. Nobody just slaps and like, ah, what did I do? No. It's like, slap and slap and make you teach and sense. So, it is thought of. So, until you learn to process thoughts and, and know that you can tell your hand, no, I will not do this, they will give you space. You can't be taking beatings when you are not married. Even beating in marriage is a stupid Not to talk of somebody in a relationship. He said, no, they slap me away. Now, just more. <laughs> Why am I not saying that? <laughs> Forgiveness is not resuming the relationship without any change. When you forgive someone, if you want to go back to that relationship, let there be evidence of change. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't use your life to experiment on other people's lack of discipline to control themselves. So let there be that. Then why should I let go of my heart? Number one, because God has forgiven me. Even if you're the one that hurts someone or someone hurts you, you realize that we have been forgiven by Christ. So we let go of our hearts. Number two, because resentment does not work. Resentment is self-defeating and self-destructive. It causes you more pain than the person you are upset with. If you're still carrying hurt around, you will realize that you are carrying more pain than the person who hurt you. The person who hurt you might be somewhere just enjoying their life, going about their relationship, and you are still hissing and... See, and I tell people, take very proactive steps. If somebody hurts you, every time you see their picture on Facebook, it gives you anger, delete them and unfriend them. And then don't secretly go and spy and check what is going on with now. You will destroy yourself. Let it go. Is that okay? Must be very proactive about that. To block people's numbers, there is a function on your phone to block numbers. Block. And don't feel bad about it. Because you need to protect your soul. You need to protect your inner health. You need to protect your emotional health. And you know, sometimes I want, and I, I'm, I'm waiting for my girl to grow up. I'm going to, I mean, 
volumes of religion. You know, sometimes I wonder when girls come and like, this guy is disturbing me, he's disturbing me. I told him to stop. I have to, ah. You are an adult. Another adult is disturbing you. You have told him to stop. He's not stopping. Then you are carrying his emotional harassment daily. Compose a very intelligent text. Very intelligent. Make sure when you are writing the text, don't be in a hurry. Not when you are angry. Make sure the punctuations are correct. There's comma, there's full stop, there's period. Very intelligent. And end it in a very matured way. Send it and block. That means there's no response. You are not sending a text so you can have a conversation. You are sending an information. There are 7 billion people in this world. Can't let one person put your soul. And boys are fond of that. For some people, that's their full-time ministry. To disturb people. And I tell you something, eh? And I can tell you from a man's perspective. Once a man discovers that a lady is very cerebral, the level of respect goes up. It's because when you're there, stop now, I don't want. Stop now, I don't want. No, don't send gutter English. If you need help, come to my office. I hide it and send you. And when you send, the next time when they are engaging you, move the, dis- the discussion from the realm of emotion to intelligence. Push it. Push it. And ask very logical questions. Uh, how do I let go of those who have hurt me number one relinquish my right to get even don't try to get back at them the hurt in your life don't try to get back at those people are you hearing what I'm saying don't say I'm going to get this person let it go let that person out of your life let that person out of your history let that person out of your sphere don't get back at them Refocus on God's purpose for your life. Tune your energy to God's purpose. Plug into purpose. Plug into purpose. Plug into purpose. Praise the name of the Lord. Plug into what? Into purpose. Get your heart right with God. Forgive them because God forgave you. Turn to God. Turn to God. The scripture tells us to respond to evil with good. Respond to evil with good. Don't respond to evil with evil. Understand that if you hold hearts in your heart, practically it's yourself you're putting in bondage, not the people who hurt you. Then, no, then one of the things you must do also, I didn't know our time is gone, I didn't even go half of my notes. One of the things you have to do, find someone you can trust and talk to them about it. Whatever hurt you have, if you talk to, talk to someone about it, the fact that you've released it in that conversation frees you. So you, talk, you can talk to someone about it and talk to God about it. But find someone you can talk to. Now listen, you can't talk to everybody about the hurt you've been through. You need to find somebody who is trusted and matured so that your hurt does not become the next trending story. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
So if you've got a pastor, you can talk to your pastor about it. Or if you've got whatever. It's not just about talking to your friend about it. Find someone who is trusted, who is matured, who can counsel you and identify. You know, it's not, for instance, now somebody hurts you and then you're talking to the person or you're suffering from hurt and say, this is what I'm going to do. I say, ah, men are wicked. <laughs> hey, men. <laughs> men. Men. You know, what, you know what I've done? The person hasn't helped you to heal. He's deepening the wounds of that hurt. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the first thing, especially if you have someone who's been hurting and comes to talk to you, the first thing to do is just listen to them. Don't try to either side them or side with the person. Just do what? Just listen. Allow them to pour that thing out before you give whatever counsel you want to give. Is that okay? Father, we bless you. Thank you for who you are to us. We pray that light and wisdom will go forth in Jesus' mighty name. Alright. I didn't know our time was that. So, I want to take questions. Yes, let me come down. I want to take questions and then uh, remember you're giving offerings for your boss. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.